How you know? This is Scoreline Extra, the podcast that condenses some of the interviews and post-match interviews that we conducted on Scoreline at the weekend, every weekend from 2 to 6. First up, we're going to hear from Kilkenny manager Derek Ling, followed by Carlo manager Tom Mullally, after the two sides collectively put 11 past their northern opponents. We'll hear from Kilkenny under-20 manager Mark Dowlin, looking ahead to their clash with Wexford on Wednesday in the Leinster semi-final. We'll also hear from Niall Carew, ahead of Carlo's Chalchin Cup clash at the week weekend Kilkenny Camogie were quite successful in their own right four goals for them Brian Dowlin Aoife Prendergast and Sinead O'Keefe caught up with us here on Scoreline it was a pleasure getting to talk to Kevin Regan from the Irish Rally podcast with a very in-depth interview and we have Barry Delaney talking about some kickboxing events happening within Kilkenny but first here's Derek Ling Derek Lane, Kilkenny manager, a 5.31 to 3.20 win here in Corrigan Park against Antrim. Your thoughts on the performance? Um, yeah, I, I thought the first half were, were very good, very sharp. Um, clinical in, in front of goal, I thought our work rate all over was really good, but I thought the second half looked to be, we were a little bit sloppy. Um, wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be happy with some of the goals we conceded, and that's something we need to work on again. It's, um, you know, you, you, need to, you need to come out in the second half and perform as well as you did in the first half. Otherwise, as the year goes on, um, you'll get punished. So, um, so yeah. Look, overall happy. I would have taken yeah, the win up here, obviously, and um, it was a decent performance. But I think there's, you know, plenty of room for us to improve as well. As a manager, when you're doing the video session with the players, if you do that, what do you concentrate more on them with? That maybe first ten minutes of the second half, where Antrim came back into it and maybe had the better of it, or the rest of the game, or is it kind of a fifty-fifty? I look, it's all aspects of it. To be fair, I mean, we did some really good stuff, and I think you have to. There's a lot of positives there for us as well that you, you know, you have to um, applaud the players for. And I look at a ton of work rate was really good. I thought um, we created a lot of chances. Um, so we gave. You know, I thought there was a lot of self-respect. I thought we gave the ball to the person in the best position all the time, and that was really good. And as I said, we got the five goals. But yeah, I mean, there's there's aspects then of the second half. You'd be looking at in particular, like the you know, not happy conceding any goal really, and you know, we're we're trying to tighten that up. Um, so well, that'll be for next week. Five goals scored today. Were you obsessing on getting goals as much as we were outside? No, not at all. I mean, it, was, it hasn't been for a want to train, but I mean, you, you you play the game in front of you, and and if the chance presents itself, it presents itself. But um, it did today, and look, the lads are well capable of scoring goals. It's just um, you know we played Westmead, conditions weren't conditions weren't the best, and you know we had a really tough game against Galway last week, and look, that, that, that's that that happens, like you know, um, as long as if. So as if we haven't been working on it, and I think as the year goes on, we'll you know hopefully we can see a little bit, a few more goals. Adrian Mullen and Alan Murphy starting a midfield today. Are you looking for a midfield pairing again? Is that something that we on the outside maybe talk about and obsess on, but it's not something that you do because it might work better to put two different players there the next day. What what, what way does it work? As a bit of both, I think um, like Adrian is very effective from you know anywhere out the field, and Alan Murphy very good striker of the ball. We can we, we could see that there today. It's a tighter pitch. And he got a few opportunities in the first half, and he got scores from out the field. Um, both of them well capable, but we've lots of options midfield, and a few lads. You know, there's a few injuries as well. Obviously, impact on that. Paddy Mullen during the week. Uh, Paddy Deegan has obviously played a little bit in midfield this year as well. He's uh, currently out injured. So there's a couple of players. Connor Forty as well last week is injured. So a few lads weren't available to us today. So that's we're looking for competition in all positions. It's not something I'm looking for. 
settled to all the time. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how the next few weeks pan out. And um, But we've plenty of competition and plenty of hurlers to play in those positions. It sounds like you kind of don't need to settle on a, a midfield to traditionalists maybe. We think you do, but you kind of don't. No, look, once the team is working hard all over the place, I'm not, I don't mind who's playing in what position. We've really good players. And uh, look, the next two weeks will be interesting. We'll have a lot of internal matches and we'll see. We'll take it from there. Just before I let you go, it's Dublin next up. A two-week yeah. break to that. Firstly, are you gl- glad of the break? I am glad of the break, yeah, it's good because we have a few lads coming back from injury as well, so it buys us a little bit of time and as well as that we get a, f- a few very hard to train, a huge amount in between the games at the minute, um, so we'll have a few internal games in the next you know, 10 days and which will be really good and we just have to gear up then for the Dublin match. Cheers Derek. No problem with you. Uh, Tom, I suppose the best way to start is a job done because coming up here, it's always hard to get two points and I spoke to some of your players during the week as friends in the shop on centre and they said some of them never won here. But that's a fairly impressive win today. Well, it's a good win, Brendan, yeah. Um, obviously, it was, it's an important win for us to keep momentum going and stuff like that. I think the attitude was good, the application was good and I think we, we, we worked hard to get the result and ultimately that, I think, our hard work and, and execution paid off. Like you know, yeah, A lot of people looking at you saying we probably need to score a few more goals in Carroll, in fairness. They weren't criticising, they were just saying they'd like to see Carroll scoring a few more goals. You're unbeaten in the competition so far and you scored goals today and scored good ones. Yeah, goals are always dicing on the cake. Um, I, I, I think the win was important, whether we came out of here two pints to one or kind of... Or, 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 or the kind of way it finished up today with, with, with plenty of goals, it was a re- it was kind of secondary to the kind of result for us as such. Like I mean, and stuff like that. And I think, but I think our attitude was very good today. Um, and, and as I said, just second ago, our, our application was very good as well. Like you know, accuracy was good. Uh, your discipline was excellent because I think you only conceded uh, about seven eight frees in total, which is brilliant on a hurling field. And I think that's something you probably worked on because you know there was one or two issues. But look, at, it happens in hurling. But in fairness to the lads, there was a very disciplined performance today. As such, I know Paul got a black card, and then he was, it was probably a hard one. But at the same time overall you'd have to be happy oh no absolutely delighted I mean it puts us puts it down to the last game and that's that's all we've asked I mean and obviously the, 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 there's there's plenty of leaders within the group and, and the leaders are, are leading leading this the right way which is excellent they're, they're stepping up and as you mentioned discipline that's obviously if it's if you're disciplined you, you've got some hope if you're if you lack it you've got no hope whatsoever like I mean so thankfully we're, we're kind of the, the lads have responded well to that and they're bringing it on to the pitch with them like you know defended well they ran at you and in fairness to down to finish with 28 points you know they're, they're a nice team I know you were down Paul and they scored a few of that time as well but uh, 28 points it's a big score for them to get and I think the scoreboard might be a little bit diffusing as such even though you got the goals because Brian Tracy brought off some magnificent saves including a penalty to keep you in the game I oh, know against everybody that, that um, down a play today against Leash they, they created plenty of opportunities in the first 35 minutes there but just maybe their execution um, and conversion rate left them down a small little bit so they've been creating like, like there's no doubt just because I mean we've we found it hard up here the last two years and this is the first time in, in a few years that we're coming out of here with a result so you mean like there's no question about them being a been a good hurling team, and I suppose that's where we've got to give huge credit to our own players in terms of getting getting the result here. I mean, they've 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 obviously learned the lessons of the last couple of years, the disciplinary issue and the freeze and all that kind of stuff, the conversion rates and things like that. That was all well controlled today, which was which is as I said, a, a real credit to our own players. Like you know, and Tom, it makes the journey home a little bit shorter. I think it, we would have been quicker getting to Iceland, but uh, you did an overnight. It sets us up. You just mentioned that there it sets up Carlo final game. You're unbeaten at the moment. Awfully come to town next Saturday evening half past five. It's a great time for a match. But I know your focus on training during the week is it's a must-win game for Carlo. So we're looking at a great game in Carlo next Saturday evening. So preparations will be good. I take it, and uh, you're looking forward to it because we're really in the hunt now. And the place in the John Mac final beckons next Saturday. Well, it's it's a, it's the place we want to be. I mean, obviously we're, we're playing the farm team in the competition. You mean like like their lead champs.
champions. Um, they've, they've got a good result down in, in, in Kerry today, which is ex- excellent for them. I mean, so that, but we've got to concentrate on ourselves and make sure we're, we're, we can bring our best game to that game next next Saturday. That's all. And like, like the results going to happen. I mean, we, we like, we like we have from now until the final whistle to, to have some say in that, and, and it's, it's up to us to get ourselves right and just I suppose have a go at it and just see see where it puts us once the final whistle goes. Yeah, and I think people looking at the table tonight for people not that familiar with it, it'll be all delighted Carlovians all over the globe that's into the GA and Carlos saying, well, the lads play awfully, but it's in your own hands because no one else can pass you. If you win the match, so don't put pressure on you, but you win the match next week, nobody can catch you. No, this is where we want to be. I mean, um, it, it, it's cannot pressure when, when it's a position that you're going to want to be in. I mean, so we want to be there. Um, kind of next Saturday, we've, we we wanted to be there last in, in in the last game last year, kind of against Offaly as well, and and, and that kind of didn't go right for us at, at the end of the day because of scoring difference and so that way. But look at like we are there now, and 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 we've we've we are looking forward to the game next Saturday. This, next Saturday would be of, of of no good to us if 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 we didn't get the result here today. So thankfully, again, the players uh, credit to the players when when it's due. I mean, they've they've applied themselves hard here. Today. Today. The rewards of that hard work today have been two pints here up in, up in Ballycran. And next Saturday, it'll require the same thing. Like we're not going to get out, out of Dr. Cullen with two pints next Saturday without bringing our best game to it. And that's the challenge for us. I mean, as, as it is every game we play. And I think we're evolving and we're growing and we're, and we're getting stronger. So hopefully that will materialise for us next weekend. OK, and just before I do let you go, big travelling Carlos support. As good as Carlos support I've seen away from home in quite a while. And uh, there's a lot of support here today. So as manager, I suppose you're grateful for that. But I was rallying the troops that coming towards the end of that match. There's a big crowd needed next Saturday evening at Watch Cullen Park and I'll get a bit of stick because I'm from Greg Cullen but I just want to see the lads getting the support you deserve because to be fair with Carlo Hurling Cullen was here before you, you took over these lads have punched above their weight they played in Division 1 a lot of these guys they're good hurlers you know that you've taken on the job and you're guiding them fairly well unbeaten but we need everybody next Saturday don't we? Of course, I mean, like, like the players respond, you mean, to kind of, obviously, to kind of good support. And I know supporters need something to support too. So, you mean, to be fair, I, I think the players, this year, their attitude has been excellent. Whether it goes right for us or wrong for us next, next Saturday, only, we'll kind of only know come, come the final whistle. But right now, our preparation will be towards 5.30 next weekend. And obviously, we'd, we'd appreciate um, anybody stepping behind us that, that, that's willing to do so, like, you know. Well, I think you'll have a good few, Tom. Listen, well done today on Ballycran. Pleasure to talk to you as always. And I look forward to seeing you at Networks Cullen Park next Saturday. So stay safe during the week. It's going to be a big game for Carroll. And we look forward to it. Thanks Brendan. Thanks good a man, Tom. Thanks a million. Good. Thanks Sorry for that. Me, yeah, good man. Thanks. Now I'm delighted to be joined by Kilkenny under 20 manager Mark Dowling to look ahead to Wednesday's Leinster semi-final between Kilkenny and Wexford at UPMC Nolan Park. Throwing there is quarter to seven and as always you can hear the game live on KCLR. Mark, uh, thanks for talking to me today. How are you? Good, good Robbie. All good, yeah. Um, you must be looking forward to this one now, Mark. Your first knockout game as Kilkenny under twenty manager. Yeah, sure. Look, I suppose we're looking forward to it. All right. Um, yeah, it's very different to the round robin. There's, there's no doubt about that. It brings its own pressures, obvious pressures, and and that. Uh, you know, everything is on the line on Wednesday. And uh, look, you just have to hope you're in the right place for it and 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 uh, deliver a performance and see where that gets you at the end of the day. You know. And you mentioned that it's different. Of course, the game itself will be different. But will preparation for the match be any different to what you would have done leading into a round robin game? Ah, no, not really, Robbie. To be honest, um, we prepare the same. Really, I suppose. Look, you, you try and uh, make sure that the lads are, are fresh and 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 well. Point of view of injuries, not kind of thing. I mean, look, the body of our work, training wise, is done. Obviously. And now it's really just about fine tuning and making sure we're we're ready to go on the night, you know. But no, no the lead into it is, is 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 pretty similar. Other than obviously everyone is very aware that there's a hell of a lot of more at stake on on Wednesday than there has been up to now. 
And we'll reflect on the round robin phase with you a little later. But just to go back to the start of it, the game against Wexford, that was the only one that she lost. Will you take much from that ahead of Wednesday night's match? Well, yeah. Look, I mean, it was it was the opening game. Um, and look, it was obviously, you know, it was a home game for Wexford. How much that plays into it, I don't know. But yeah, look, we, were, we, we had good spells in that match. They had, uh, I suppose longer spells of, 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 of dominance over us than we had over them. Um, look, I'd hope, I suppose, that it's a motivating factor that the fact we didn't get a win uh, the last day against them would uh, help us be in the right right mindset on that for, for the next challenge against them, you know. Um, but, but yeah, like, I mean, it's hard to know how much you read into it or, or not. I think, I think knockout by its very nature, is extremely diff- uh, different to, to anything like league or round robin or that. And regardless of playing an opposition, you know, beforehand, I think it's it's completely different when you when it's a knockout match. And then if we look back on the other two games, obviously wins over Galway and Dublin, um, kind of similar patterns in terms of really strong second halves got you over the line in both of those games. Were you happy with not just the performance levels, but the character that the team showed to kind of get back into both games and actually eventually get over the line? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think there was, uh, as you say, character. There was good character shown. There was good resilience shown. Um, I think, look, you know, you're not going to dominate any team at this level for for you know sixty minutes certainly or even or even you know long periods in the match, and you have to when you're on top and it's you know you're in the driving seat you have to make it pay and I think look we we probably um, I think against Galway we probably did better maybe uh, in the first half than maybe people gave us credit for there was a strong wind in in Tullamore that day and we were against it in the first half and I, look we went in I think three points down at half time which I was very happy about. Uh, and against Dublin, look, I said already, Dublin were kind of they set up very differently to a lot of teams. Um, that can be a bit awkward, and you know it can lead to the frustration. That probably took us a little while to get our heads around that, both on the pitch and on the line. And uh, yeah, look, I think uh, you know once we did, we got on top and and um, put in a very strong second half again. When you spoke to us after the game against Wexford, you were very disappointed um, and that you were kind of looking for a response from the players. How important was it that they stepped up and found not just really good performances since then, but also to get over the line, as I say, and get really good results heading into the knockout stage? Yeah, well, look, you know, when you're, when you're beaten any day, uh, you're going to be disappointed. And especially, you know, for the first a few minutes after defeat you're trying to process a lot of things so you know we were all very disappointed that day that we didn't get off to a winning start uh, albeit we knew it would be very difficult to do so uh, a response yeah look you you have to hope for a response you're never sure if it's going to be there or not but but thankfully it was and yeah certainly look I mean the round robin matches I, I like they're definitely very important on the day I think as soon as they're over you know, they really are over and you have to kick on and move on because we all four teams in Tier 1 were going to end up in either a quarter-final or semi-final. So, I mean, it was always going to come down to knock a knockout game. Um, so, I mean, look, to get a couple of wins, get a bit of uh, momentum and that from the round robin was good. But I think that's probably as much as you can hope to get out of it uh, going into knockout, you know, and... and just take what, uh, what that gives you um, and try to use it uh, in that first knockout match, you know. 
And just to pick up on that point, a lot of people like myself and Kilkenny supporters will be very reactive to an isolated game. So obviously if Kilkenny lose, we'll be disappointed if we win, uh, kind of elated. But from a management perspective, when it comes to round robin games, are you constantly in the back of your mind thinking about the long run, looking ahead to that knockout game and ultimately doing what's best for later in the championship? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I suppose, look, to be honest, Robbie, there's a bit of both. Um, look, we're all we're all the same. We all want to win every day we go out. No one's any different. You know, no one is, is happy with losing. So, look, obviously there's disappointment when it doesn't go your way. Um, can't expect it to go your way every day. And then there's, there's, there's uh, I wouldn't say elation on, on our behalf, but certainly contentment when, when it does go your way and you get a win. Um, but, yeah, look, you know all the time, like, you're planning for the knockout stages. Um, you can win those three round-robin matches, lose your first knockout game, and you have to question what, what value were the, were the wins. And likewise, you can lose and win your first knockout match. Um, so look, yeah, I think you probably are always having one eye on, on further down the road and just making sure that everything is right for that first day. Uh, at the end of the day, that's the most important. Uh, that first knockout match is the most important game. Um so you're, you are planning for that. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But but look, on the day, as I said, those round-robin matches are very important on the day and you invest everything in them and, and trying to win them. So when it doesn't go your way, it, it is disappointing. And Mark, just when we talk about planning, I mean, there's been a lot of talk this year about the under-20s, the fact that they can play for an under-20 side and a senior inter-county side within a seven-day period. Has that made it tougher for you as a manager and your management team to plan ahead? And also, what's your general opinion on that? Uh, well, to answer the first part of the question, Robbie, yeah, look, it, of course it has made it more difficult. It's made it difficult for, for under-20 management teams and senior management teams. Um, and it has been tricky trying to navigate it. Um, but, look, my own opinion on it, it I think the rule is, is farcical, to be quite honest. I think where... Um, where under twenties aren't allowed to play, um, you know, both matches, senior and under twenty. Uh, I, I think it's it doesn't make any sense. The reality of it is, like in January and February, um, that same age cohort are playing matches, good or two and possibly three matches between colleges and schools and different things in January and February. And and no one in in Crow Park seems to worry about that. Um, and it's it's you know it's it's it's. Um, it's very true that each each intercounty senior setup and under twenty setup has very highly qualified people within them who are very capable of uh, managing workload and um, game minutes and that and and making sure that players are not overused and that you know um, I think the rule is just as I said I think it's farcical it makes no sense to me um, you know basically players are being, for want of a better word, maybe punished. You know, they're missing out on matches that they could easily play in. Um, and the rule anyway seems to change. It's changed. It's had a change already mid-season, which from my side of things, uh, you know, we, I don't think many people in the in the country were aware of the change until Clare actually challenged something and then they were made aware of it, as were the rest of us. Um, and then the rule doesn't apply to Tier 2 counties. So, for for instance, Offaly played uh, Galway last week. Their, their under-20 players are entitled to play um, with, their under, with their seniors. Seven-day rule doesn't apply, but yet Galway's, Galway's players couldn't do both. So, you know, it, it's, it's, 
it's all over the place, really, to be honest, Robbie. And uh, I don't think there's much talk on it. But to be to be to be perfectly honest, and I think it needs changing. Uh, I don't think it's fair on senior management teams. I don't think it's fair on under twenty management teams. And I think most of all, I don't think it's fair on on the players themselves. And obviously, your own job entails that you, you want to go on and win as many games as possible. But you're also there to try and help develop players. Do you think the rule is counterintuitive uh, that it actually works the other way? It doesn't help to develop players. Yeah, well, like I mean, I've said it before. Like every 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 under twenty player wants to play senior, and and the more that that get there, the better, uh, and the quicker they get there, you know, the better in most cases. Uh, but but it's 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 certainly not helping players who, because they might be involved with a senior setup, are not getting to play at their own age group. You know, and I know Ben O'Connor, the Cork manager, has come out recently and and mentioned about one of their players potentially missing a monster final. You know, no under twenty wants to miss an under twenty monster or Leinster final or whatever. Like they don't want to miss, you know, a senior game, be it a league match or a or a, or a championship match. You know, so I think it certainly is not helping in relation to development. It's it's just another uh, hurdle and another uh, complication thrown in because someone at Congress or something thought it was a good idea. Uh, no talk book behind us and just it was rolled out. And, um, you know, I think, look, it's, there's a lot of thought needs to go into the, the whole under-20 championship in relation to when it's played and, and that because there's a huge workload on players in relation to you know, schools games, colleges games. They're, they're, you know, club. Some clubs are getting back training. There's, 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 there's uh, obviously senior and under twenty intercounty commitments, and there's exams in the middle of it all. You know, which is draining as well on 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 that age group. So, I think a lot of thought needs to go in. I think the right people need to be sitting down, uh, talking about these things before decisions are made. And when do you actually think would be the best time to play the under twenty championship, Mark? You know what? I like. I'm not, it's it's being honest. I don't think there's a, a a a very quick or easy answer to that. But it definitely needs to be looked at because you look at the Fitzgibbon, you know, and the amount of of um, work that that brings for 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 players. You look at schools. Look, Kieran's had a great run this year, and you know, there's a lot of work in that for them. Uh, those chaps that most of them are doing, uh, they're leaving cert or in around that. Lads in college have exams. There's obviously the, the, the senior commitments then coming on board for some of the lads. Um, so there's a lot on in the space of a number of months. Um, I don't know when it's the best time to play it, but I definitely think it's something that needs to be looked at closely. Maybe there's not a better time to play it, but I think um, I think there has to be, really. And I think they have to look at it. It's a very condensed championship, probably. Like it's played off in the space of, I forget the date we played it, uh, um, Wexford, it was early April. The Ireland is over third week of, of May or the fourth week of May. So I mean, it's really condensed. You're looking at two two months of games, you know. So I mean, it's not a it's not a long championship by any means. So I think it, they could make improvements in that regard. And, and just to get one or two more opinions on this, I know you don't want to harp on about it too much, but just to give myself and the listeners a bit of an insight, do you have to work with Derek Ling in terms of player availability? How does that whole dynamic work? Yeah, well, look, it's, it, we work with with the senior management there, and look, I chat regularly to Derek, and you know, look, we have a very good uh, <clears throat> relationship on us, and 
we try to manage it as best as possible. Look, at the end of the day, like the senior team is the is the main team in in the county, and that's the way it is, and that's the way it should be. And you know, our job uh, at under twenty level is is to support that and get and try and get as many players developed and put into a, a window for Derek and his management team to be able to look at and and see uh, could they make that next step. So look, it is tricky. Like you know, it is very tricky. But I I would say like thankfully we have a very good relationship. Uh, both management teams we've worked really well in tricky circumstances and it's easy it's easy uh, for conflict to set in and that you know it hasn't it won't um, but look we have to we have to and rightly so give way to the senior uh, management when when they see fit and that's as I said that's the way it is and that's the way it should be uh, and it can be frustrating for us but but that's that's just the way things are and um, but look, we have a very good relationship that way and we're in con- continuous contact on it. And um, look, at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to do our best. Um, and I have, I suppose, and my management team have demands and the lads obviously have, have uh, more severe demands and more scrutiny on, on what they're doing. So, But we'll support them. You know, we have done um, and we'll continue to support them in any decisions that, that, that are made and that, any agreements we come to. And just very finally on this, Mark, um, you mentioned Ben O'Connor there, the Cork manager. I think the down football manager, Connor Laverty, Connor Laverty rather, has alluded to it as well. When you're not able to pick from your full pool of players, do you feel as though it ever so slightly degrades the competition or do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, look, <clears throat> I suppose it does in the sense that, like, I mean, look, all counties are affected by this. This is not just ourselves. You know, every county is affected by it. You mentioned Down, Cork, and there's, there's plenty of others. Clare, as I mentioned, they were affected by it. Um, I, look, does it downgrade? You're, 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 you're effectively robbing the competition of um, its top players. And I mean, you do that with any competition, you're going to devalue it to some degree. So, I mean, if, if the GA are happy to take out the top under-20 players Around the around the country, um, for the under twenty championship, for their for their under twenty showcase championship, I mean, that I don't think that makes sense. Um, yeah, look, in my opinion, it does devalue it. It has to devalue it. Sure, you look at it. If you took out the top club players out of the Kilkenny championship um, for the month of October or September, wouldn't that devalue the local championship? You know, yeah. um, so of course it does. But in saying that, you know. That's part of the madness of the of the rule, and I mean, there's so many strands to the madness of it that that it is it really looks it needs to be looked at, and I hope it will. There's been enough noise about it now at this stage nationally, so you know, I hope it won't be changed at this point of the season. You know, teams have been knocked out of the championship and that, so it wouldn't be fair to change it now. But I think they just have to look at it next year. The, the, the whole thing is is crazy, and I I think I think senior management would support that view as well. You know, because it's it's. It's a headache for them as well, and God knows they, they have enough on their plate every week with, with matches coming so quick and important matches coming so quick. It's just another thing that they shouldn't have to deal with. And just to end on a brighter note, Mark, it's obviously started off very well for you. Two wins on the bounce. Are you enjoying it? Oh, God, yeah. No, I am, Robbie. Look, <laughs> a lot of work in these jobs, as, as I'm sure you're aware. But yeah. no, look, I, they're a great crew. I've said that before. Look, it's easy kind of say that. Um, you know, as a bit of a soundbite or that, but but I genuinely, hand on heart, say it, and the, and and the management team would be in complete agreement. They've been a, a, an absolute 
credit to themselves and to their clubs and that. And, you know, they've been really easy work with, despite, you know, trying to deal with the various uh, complications throughout the season um, that we've touched on there. But they've been a great crew to work with. I hope we'll be working with them for another uh, month and a half at least. Um, but yeah, no, look, it's been very enjoyable. And um, look, I suppose getting a couple of wins, you know, makes does does help in relation to enjoying that. I mean, it gets life gets a bit more difficult when when you're not getting over the line in these matches. So yeah, so it's, it, it 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 does help to win. But no, it, 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 I think I think the group have enjoyed enjoyed things so far. I hope so anyway. Well, Mark Down, the very best of luck on Wednesday evening. And thanks ever so much for speaking to me today. No, no problem, Robbie. Thanks a million. And I'm delighted to be joined by Carlo Senior Football Manager Niall Carew to look ahead to the start of the Talshan Cup next weekend. Niall, thanks so much for talking to me today. First of all, how are you? I'm good, Rob. Good now. All good. Um, Niall, the Talshan Cup draw was made during the week. Your side will face Limerick, Longford and Wicklow. What did you make of it, first of all? Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose every game we get is, you know, we're going to find it difficult because, you know, we, we still are a very young squad in terms of where we're at, even though a lot of lads are playing their second year National League, but we're still quite new to inter-county football. Um, so look, that's why our results are probably up and down and uh, combined with injuries. But look, it's 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 a draw that we, we, we're very capable of getting out of that group uh, if we put our best foot forward. Is it important, do you think, that you just attack each game now as it comes and take it head on? Maybe rather than sometimes with group stages, you see some teams overthink it about how to plan their route out of it. But are you just going to look to each individual game, try and win them and go from there? Yeah, absolutely. Look, unfortunately, we're under pressure with injuries. Uh, We're down to 23 players now that are fit uh, and we still have a week's training to go. So um, we'll have to attack every game anyway. Um, but look, I suppose for us, we certainly take one game at a time. Uh, we're very used to Wicklow. We're playing them next Sunday um, at four o'clock in Ockram. So we're looking forward to that already. Um, so, you know, we drew with them already in the league and we didn't do ourselves justice. We felt um, after the last championship match, you know, uh, we felt we left it behind us. And um, no, it's important that we put that right now uh, next week. Yeah, I was just going to say, obviously it is, as you rightfully mentioned, the third time that you're going to face Wicklow this year. The second time you travelled to Ockram in, in a short space of time, because of course you lost to them in the first round of the Leinster Championship. Will you try, and is it about almost righting the wrong there, as you say, but also is it about learning from those first two games to try and get the victory this time? Yeah, and you certainly learn a hell of a lot more when you lose, you know, because everything is up um, for analysing. You know, when you win... Um, you tend to keep going. You don't want to change your, a winning team, and you don't want to change. You, you know, you don't want to stop your momentum, and and that's why you probably don't learn a hell of a lot when you do win. Um, so yeah, look, we certainly, you know, we looked at absolutely everything, uh, and you know, when we came away from it, it's hard to believe. We, we started very well, and we went four-one up. Um, so in terms of our preparation and before we went out that was spot on uh, but it was the last 12 minutes of that half that we seemed to struggle uh, we conceded 1-2 to a point um, and they went in two points up after we possibly playing all the football that half uh, so we certainly have learned from that um, and um, we're hoping to put that into practice next week and 
I suppose the other thing, we, we got six more shots away than than Wicklow did uh, from good areas of the field. That you know, our our our, our percentage rate in, in shooting from play was only twenty nine percent, which will win you no game, Robbie. And that's something we've worked very hard on. And as I said, our shot selection was quite good. It was nothing to do with that. It was more down to our execution. Um, so look, if we get that right, uh, I certainly think that we can come away with a win. And. Just generally, I suppose, Niall, you know, you mentioned there maybe started the game quite well, despite maybe falling off a bit at the end of the first half. Only two points down at half time, and then Wicklow eventually came out on top. Is it about trying to find that consistent performance over 60 minutes to try and get results in this Talshan Cup? Yeah, it is, Rob. And, and that's, you know, when we tease out all the league games that we've played, we find that there is patches in game, a 10 minute period where we concede maybe 1 3, 1 4 which is too much, and it's about hanging in, but it's also about experience and playing in these big games year in, year out. And, you know, a lot of people don't realise that, you know, our group needs to be playing National League football and Leinster Championship for, you know, at least three to four years. Like, we've probably 11 or 12 lads that haven't played at that consistent level. Uh, And I think that's what's causing the problems. So, you know, we're hoping that we have learned. We've certainly trained hard and we had a couple of days of a training camp down at Waterford, which went very well. And I'd like to thank every business that looked after us and that, and um, you know, donated money to that camp as well, which was really helpful to us and helpful to the group. Uh, without the local businesses in Carlo, we'd be under savage pressure to get there because, you know, we all know the Carlo GA is not flush with with money to run run teams like that, and the herders and footballers are treated the very same. It's not like in different counties where there's a bigger pot for one team and probably a lesser for another. Um, so, look, we're, we're we're trying to do everything as professional as we can. Um, so, you know, I would still like to thank all those businesses that have, have looked after us to get us onto that camp. Well, it's great to hear that they're supporting the team, Niall, and supporting Carlo GA generally. Uh, just to pick up on something that you mentioned there, I, I know you had spoken about um, the shooting maybe or the lack of accuracy with your shooting. I had spoken to one of your selectors, Simon Ray, at the end of the league campaign and that was something that he had stressed as well, the importance of being more accurate and maybe taking on the statistically more probable shots. Is that something that you really have focus in on in a management, as a management team, obviously bef- since before the Wicklow game in Leinster, but also after that match? Yeah, no, it is, and it's something that you you know you have to continue to work on it, and you're also trying to create an environment that players will go out themselves uh, on their day off and do maybe twenty minutes or half an hour shooting themselves, and you know that's a culture that we're trying to create within the group, uh, and then that's the natural thing that you just go out yourself uh, for the twenty minutes because, I mean, it's very hard to get thirty lads. You don't get that many shots away when you're trying to coach thirty lads, and you're trying to focus on all your you know, your game scenarios and your game smart when you're in training and, and try and top up in your fitness as well. So there's all of that. Um, so, look, it is something that the players are buying into. Um, but it, it is taking time. And uh, it's, it's a lot slower than I'd like, I'll be honest with you. Um, like we were creating in all our league matches this year and it's hard to believe. I know we've only got five points in the league. But apart from the Leitrim game where we had three people, three men sent off, um, we have created more opportunities than our, than our counterpart, no matter who we're playing. We've created more opportunities. So that's telling me that we're competing with every team we play against. 
but our execution is letting us down and it is something that we spoke about as a group and individually as well and look I think you know the the more times you play these big games as I said earlier Rob I think that will come in time and one of those big games we've touched on Wicklow uh, for a bit but a lot of people in the Talshan Cup will look at the home game now that for you is the second match against Limerick and while a lot of people will look at the home game to try and get a result that Limerick side were very unfortunate to lose to Clare recently in the Munster semi-final of course Clare in the Munster final this weekend they defeated Cork earlier in the Munster championship they will be incredibly difficult opponents too won't they Niall? Ah yeah and they're, they're seed one for a reason Rob you know they're operating now Division 2 this year we're operating now Division 4 when you look through their players they're all probably in their 7th 8th league campaign they're seasoned campaigners you know um, and that's the difference um, you know and you know, in two years time or three years time you'll have Carlo if we can keep this group together they'll be a similar setup, you know uh, but Limerick are a really really experienced side um, and you know we're going to be have to be at our best to beat them and then the last game is a neutral venue against Longford. Is it just all about being in with a chance of getting out with the group by the time you get to that match? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, even if you picked up a point en route to that game, um, you would, you know, three points should see you into the pre-quarter finals. Because obviously we want to try and win every game. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think I think it's going to be a ding-dong battle with all three, you know, with Limerick. Uh, Longford and Wicklow you know I, I can't see much between us going forward but we have to step up on our performance and especially on our execution if we do that Rob we won't be far away and just generally speaking Niall on the Talshan Cup it probably brought you one of if not your greatest moments as Carlo manager to date last year defeating Tipperary and then a really valiant and a brilliant performance it has to be said against an incredibly strong Westmead side in the next round just eventually falling short against them do you feel as though now the fact that it's not straight knockout like it was last year and that you're going to get a minimum of three games hopefully more it's a big opportunity to build on what you did last year in the same competition. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose the big thing, you know, we're very unfortunate and unlucky with injuries at the moment. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are, are, are obviously they're, they're bad knocks, you know, that could put you out for two to three weeks. Um, so if we can get through the first game without picking up another injury, absolutely, it'd be great. But if we pick up another two or three injuries, it just makes life difficult for us going forward. Um, but look, every team is in the same boat. Uh, but yeah, you can really get on a big momentum swing if you can get two or three wins in, in the group stages and kick on from there. And just generally on the change of format, as I mentioned, it was knockout last year. We're going to a group stage now. Would you be in favour of that? More games for players and more games for yourself as a manager also and for supporters, of course. Yeah, um, look, uh, I mean, we welcome it. I... I the games week in, week out can be very taxing on players, uh, especially on, on ourselves. You know, we, we have a small pool of players to pick from. <clears throat> so, obviously, if you're down six or seven, like we are now through injury, it makes life harder for you, uh, you know, when you're playing week in, week out, because there's a greater risk of getting injured. Um, so, yeah, there is that. Uh, I'd like to play every second week. Um, so, But look, I mean, they're, they're trying this format and we'll go with it. And is it strange in the sense that 
okay, some of the teams maybe have been knocked out a lot later than you were, but you were eliminated from the Leinster Championship, I think it was, the first weekend in April, and now you have to wait all this time for your games, and then they come in such quick succession, and as you say, maybe that's not great for player welfare. Do you find that peculiar as a manager? Yeah, and it's uh, just with the terms of the risk of injury, that's the whole thing. Um, you know, games are completely different than training. There, there's a different energy in games. Um, you know, lads are very anxious. They're, they're playing at a better, uh, you know, a, a stronger pace. Uh, you know, so there's more anxiety in them, um, which leads to, I suppose, getting a few knocks. You watch every big championship match, and some player is is coming off injured out of 30, you know, the 33 or 4 in the players. You always have one lad or maybe two that's going to be out the next day. Um, and, and I suppose for me that's the problem. But, um, look, I don't think there's any quick fix in it uh, just with the seasons being split. But, uh, look, we, we just, it's the same for everyone, Rob. So we're just focusing on what we can do best ourselves. And just to give us a bit of an insight into the injuries, as you've mentioned, and maybe they can be, they can hamper team seasons. There's no getting away from that. Obviously, from an availability and a selection point of view, it gives you a huge headache. But also from a training perspective, is it difficult to implement the training that you would like when you're missing so many players? Oh, absolutely, Rob. Yeah, and, you know, people don't realise that we can't, you know, our you know, county like Cardiff can't afford to carry 40 players because the money's not there to carry 40 players. Yeah. Because you're looking at food and expenses and gear and all that that goes with it. Whereas, say, when I was with Kildare and Sligo um, as coach and manager, what happens there is you're, you're, we carry 43, 44 players, you know, uh, whereas we only carry 33 at max. Um, so then you're down to seven, eight injuries and then you're 24, 25 training, you know. Uh, so obviously you can't play your 15 aside game and it's very hard to implement your scenarios when you only have 24, 25, etc. So, yeah, it can be a small bit artificial, but look, that's the hand we're dealt and I knew that coming in, so that's just the way it is, you know. And just finally, Niall, before I let you go, obviously from a results perspective, you and everybody here in KC Lauren across Carlo would love to see Carlo go as far as possible in the Talshan Cup. Um, but from a performance perspective, from your kind of, from the sidelines as a manager, what are the main things you'd like to see in the Talshan Cup group phase, these three games coming up? Yeah, obviously, I think, you know, we, we would feel we're good enough to get out of the group and that's a big target for us. And I feel it's very realistic. Um, the other side is that we go out and perform every day, that we were consistent in our performances, you know, and, and especially consistent in our execution with our shots we get away. We create so many opportunities. Um, and, you know, when I suppose when you don't uh, implement, obviously, the execution well, what happens is it can sap the energy from your team as well. And it looks like that you're probably labouring a bit and you're a little bit unfit or but what that does, you lose them little pockets of energy when you're missing them easy scores. But if we can transfer that, all of a sudden, we're a completely different team if we can get them scores because we are creating them chances. Now, crew, best wishes in the Talshan Cup and thanks ever so much for speaking to me today. No bother, Rob. Brian, well done. Uh, good start to the Leinster campaign. You're now into the Leinster final in Nolan Park next Saturday. Great performance overall, 421 to four, or six points victory over Westmeath. Give us your thoughts. 
Yeah, it looks nice to be in the final. I suppose we looked at today. Um, it's, a cha- it's our first championship match of the year, so we wanted to win it. We wanted to get into the final. I think it's in Nolan Park next Saturday. So look, we wanted to get there. Um, we came up here two years ago, and you know, Westmead put the pin of our collar. We only pulled away in the last 15 minutes. So we said today, look, it was all about ourselves. Get our attitude right. Get the work rate in. And take the scores. And I think that was. You know, I'm delighted that the work rate was there. Getting hooks and blocks in the last five minutes. There, that's what we want to see. So it's a good sign. It certainly had a championship feel about it. You went in two twelve to two points. Uh, ahead at half time phenomenal score and, and it seems like you found a, a decent forward in there as well because anything Eva Prendergast seemed to be uh, her touch was like gold dust in there um, in the first half you must have been happy going in a half time with the lead yeah look so as we said that just to I suppose you know when you're playing when you're favourites for a game the key thing is to, to start well and put the you know put the foot in the gas straight away and we did that we got a couple of goals early on and we kind of were comfortable there but look probably been sloppy then for a few minutes but picked it up again before half time um, look, Aoife did well. All the forwards you know, were scoring well. Asher came in there, had loads of energy. That's what we want, you know. The competition from places is really strong now, and that's what we want. You know, we've lost, you know, Mary Welsh and Mary Connell from last year's forward. So Michaela's out injured as well. But you know, it's up to new girls stepping stepping back. And you know, it's great to see the the two dials there, Aoife and Kellyanne playing their first championship game together for for a long time. So you know, it's great to have them back on the pitch. You've talked lots of me questions out of the way, <laughs> and that's a small little spiel there. Um, Huge positives, like you said, the two dials back was fantastic. The subs coming in was fantastic. All of your six inside forwards today getting on the scoreboard as well. Very few negatives out of the game. Maybe, like you said, you were sloppy in patches and a couple of passes, all right, didn't go to hand and maybe a couple of pickups. But certainly, overall, it's a fantastic start to your championship campaign. Yeah, look, so it's not always going to be perfect. And look, we, we're, we, we know we're going to have tougher, tougher days ahead as well. But look, again... It, it said to the girls for the match. It, it's it's all about folks, you know, trying to get ourselves right for the games that your favourites because it's easy to get yourself, you know, ready for the likes of Galway and Cork and Tip and Water for these matches. It's the teams that you're supposed to beat that sometimes we don't do that. And uh, we say, look, we're not going to be sloppy today. We're going to have loads of energy, um, get the work rate in. And I think that you know that was the case today. And it's great to get 60 minutes into to Kellyanne and Aoife. Katie Power, you know, had an injury there since the league, so good to get 40 minutes into her as well. So look, it's, it's again the competition places is really really strong. Adrian O'Connor came in the back; she's been flying it for us there. So. So look, the girls know that you know that every jersey's up for grabs. Come here to me. What is it about Cusick Park and Mullingar and Denise Gall with freeze? Because the last day that we were here two years ago against with Mead, nothing went right with their freeze. It was the same again today. Her open play was brilliant today. But I don't know, is it the goalposts or what's the story here? Because there seems to be a bit of a hoodoo on her. I don't know. You'll have to ask Denise that one. It's not got to do with me. Um, look, I think she's one or two as well. She's on the longer range freeze at the moment, so I suppose she's getting all the, the harder ones. So Aoife is hitting the inside one. So um, maybe that was the case. I don't know. The, maybe it's the, the houses and done stores behind the goal could be the reason for that. I don't know. Come here to me. You're in the Leinster final now next Saturday. How important is it for the team to be there in your home venue for a big day like next Saturday? Yeah, look, said so we want to play in the final. It's We don't have a game for a couple of weeks after that, so... You know, we want we're not playing until June the tenth. We haven't played since twenty fifth of March, so we want to use these games. And you know, we're going to have Dublin later on in the group stage as well. So, had him in the league with a very tough game with him. We know it's going to be tough. So, uh, look, it's great to get a game because it's hard to get challenge games this time of the year. So, look, we'll definitely focus focus our minds for that one now. After today, get a good recovery in and ready to go then for next Saturday. Well, it was a brilliant performance, and as you said, the work rate was phenomenal today as well. And best look next Saturday. Okay, thanks, Martin. Eva Prendergast, congratulations. Uh, you're through to the Leinster final next Saturday in UPMC, Nolan Park. Good, let's start. Good win for the girls overall. Yeah, look, it was a great win. Um, we came up here to get the win today and get a huge performance. Um, we really needed a good team performance and we're delighted to get that today. 
the last day that you were up here playing Westmead I think it was two years ago they really put you to the pin of your collar and found it very difficult to come away with the victory but today right from the word go you really tore into them and had a nice league going in at half time yeah look we brought the energy to our warm up and we uh, that followed then in the match so we were delighted with that and we just need to keep it going uh, Westmead they were very physical today but we were lucky to get the scores on the board now normally we see you when you're playing out around the half forward or midfield it's rare that we see you inside on the, the forward line but coming away with 2-6 today is a personal tally you must be happy with that Ah yeah look um, it's credit to the girls out, out the field um, they got the ball into me and sure the goals were, were uh, lined up for me all I had to do was finish them so it was, it's credit to the girls out the field and yeah new position but enjoying it at the moment You've had a couple of weeks break so I mean Brian really must have had you going well in training because your work rate was phenomenal out there especially in the first half as well so has training intensified since the league? Yeah look training has been unbelievable um, we've all brought a huge energy to it management and players and there's huge competition here again and pe- girls come back from injury girls fighting for places girls fighting to come on and that's what you want in the panel and that's what brings on the training so it's great yeah and lastly before I leave you go a final next Saturday it's in UPMC in Olin Park on your home patch it'll either be against Dublin or Mead no matter who it is nice to have a home victory or a home venue I should say especially for a Leinster final yeah look it's great to have the home venue but we need to bring the performance and uh, we're going to come up against a great team no matter who it is so um, if we don't bring the performance on today um, we could be um, landed on our feet so we just need to uh, build up now over the next few week, uh, week the next week and uh, bring performance again yeah well congratulations on a great victory today and your own personal performance as well well done thanks very much Now, welcome back to the show. I'm delighted to be joined by new Kilkenny senior captain Sinead O'Keefe to look ahead to tomorrow's Leinster semi-final with Westmeath and the season ahead. Sinead, thanks ever so much for popping into the studio today. How are you, first of all? I'm good, thanks, Robbie, and thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, firstly, the game tomorrow, I suppose, started the Leinster Championship. Looking forward to the All-Ireland Series now. Are you excited for the game? Yeah, excited is definitely a word I'd use. Um, We've put in a good few weeks training there. I suppose coming off the back of a relatively disappointing league, um, we know kind of we have the work done now, and we're just looking forward to getting going out tomorrow and starting the the next few months. I suppose after a good start to be would be great. And you mentioned there maybe that the fact that it was a slightly disappointing league. Is this kind of the start of maybe where you're really trying to prepare for championship now, trying to get good performances and results? Yeah, I suppose after Lee, we kind of just had a look at ourselves. Like we know, we know what we have in us, and we just kind of said, "Look, we'll take the Leinster Championship first, and we'll go from there." And so tomorrow, starting now, is our is our next goal, and we'll be hoping to get over the line and look 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 ahead to a, a Leinster final the week after. Uh, I know Michelle Teen spoke on the show a couple of weeks back, and she had mentioned that maybe the league is more so preparation for the championship, but that she was kind of disappointed with how it panned out. Can you put your finger on why that was the case? Do you think it was a hangover from the All Ireland win? Was there any particular reason why maybe you haven't reached the standard so far that we've seen, particularly last year, but over the course of the last three or four years? Okay, I suppose the league every year can be different. You know, you're coming up against new teams I suppose and they're trying out different things and we're trying out our own things and the nature of the league is you know you have games nearly every weekend and you're trying to give new girls a run while working on your own thing but trying new things so I suppose look it's a combination of both and I suppose it's it's nearly a kind of a a springboard then for us to now kind of focus on what we know we're good at and hopefully now we can move on from the league and uh, just develop on those maybe areas that we needed to, to work on a bit more 
And how do you view the Leinster Championship? Obviously, the All-Ireland Series is the most important thing, but do you kind of view it as further preparation for it or is it all about trying to go out for the wins now? Yeah, exactly. A bit of both, I suppose. We're looking really to to get the best out of ourselves and to go full steam ahead now tomorrow and um, have no regrets really and just, you know, take it as it comes and show what we're about and what, what we're willing to do for the rest of the year. And what's the sort of general sentiment within the camp at the moment? Is there a feeling that maybe you are getting further, closer and closer towards your peak the further it gets into the championship? Or do you feel as though maybe you are going to improve and come championship time you'll be ready to go? Yeah, I think even the last few weeks we had a nice break there and we really um, we, we knuckled down. Like We had a look at ourselves, a look at the team and look at our gameplay and we worked on a few different things and we're just hoping to be able to bring them game on game now coming into the championship. You know, Leinster's a good starting point for that and just to try out new things and see what's going to work best for us going forward. And is there a real excitement amongst the panel yourself included obviously Sinead about starting back kind of the All-Ireland group round robin phases particularly considering the fact that you know I suppose the primary objective at the start of any year is to win All-Ireland but particularly as champions and the opportunity to to defend it is there a real sort of um, you know a nervous energy but excitement as I say heading into the championship yeah, exactly. Like any year, you set out at the start of the year to be climbing up the steps in Crow Park and come August. And um, I suppose in the, like in the short term, you're just looking to get over each match to try and get there. And I think that's really been the focus for us to kind of take the attention off to know the All-Ireland in August and just look at each match as it comes. Because I suppose you are kind of walking around with a target on your back um, outside of that and I suppose you don't really realise that until you start to take a step back and look at it so just for ourselves we're kind of focusing on what we know we're good at and taking each match as it comes And just to kind of delve into your own story Sinead because as I said you're Kilkenny captain but you're only 21 which is um, incredible really for myself and I'm sure for everybody listening in when did you become involved in the panel and um, you must be looking forward to being the captain now for the year ahead Yeah so it's kind of hard to believe that this is actually my only, only my second year on the panel yeah. so um, I suppose I was lucky enough when we won the club championship there last November, October and then you know you get the call to say God you've been nominated by your club to be captain so of course I suppose as growing up it's kind of everything you think of like oh god what if I was captain or whatever so look when it comes it's an opportunity I'm going to take and look even if it's just the small things I can put forward to the team that's that's the main thing like at the end of the day not one person is going to win the All-Ireland come August like it's a team effort and like there's a bunch of leaders on that team like every day I go into training you're learning something new from someone different and you're just trying to push each other on do you know once you step over the white line it's it's everyone's game and we're there to, to challenge each other and really get the best out of ourselves and I think that's that's integral to, to our team anyway and it has been the last few years so But what is that feeling like when you know you're going to be the captain of Kilkenny I mean it's an honour bestowed upon very few people particularly the senior team what was kind of the initial feeling for yourself when you knew you were going to be captain for 2023 I suppose it can be a little bit daunting but the more you delve into that the more you're taking yourself away from that team dynamic so I suppose for myself just the most important thing is just just to be myself and bring that into the team and see see what I can get out of it. Look, I suppose it's an opportunity just to maybe push myself a little bit harder and into comfort zones that I mightn't have went into before and you know, it's just just try new things and see what works best and see if I can get myself in a bit more and up a bit more, I suppose. Uh, it's the main aim, yeah. 
And does it help maybe the fact that there are experienced players amongst the panel and a lot of leaders in there as well? Oh, it definitely does. Like I said, it's not long ago that I was probably looking up to the likes of Denise Gall and Grace Welch and Marion Welch, the likes, um, and I went playing with them. So, like as I said, every day I go in, I'm learning so much from everyone and I suppose I hope I can say the same, that they're, they're learning from me too. But look, we all learn from each other and we're a team at the end of the day and it, look, it's great to be a part of and to, to really see each other push each other on is, is something else as well. And the reason, of course, you are the captain this year is because of the success that you had with Thomas Town in 2022, win the county championship. I said maybe that to be captain of Kilkenny is a great honour, but to win a county championship, I mean, that must have been right up there with one of your greatest sporting moments. Yeah, last year was probably one of my best years on, on the Camogie field between Senior All-Ireland and then the club, a club under 22 as well. So, yeah, I'm coming off the back of a good year, so... I suppose that that in itself brings brings its own experience. You know, I've I've won matches, I've lost matches, and I know I'm only young, but it all counts for something at the end of the day. And look, it's great to be able to give the honour back to my club then, in in being captain. Like you know, you've you have the likes of Megan and Anna Farrell and Shelley Farrell. They've all gone through the through the ranks, and you know they've kind of household names when it comes to Thomastown. And just to even like be associated with that then is great in itself, I suppose. And when you have success like you had last year and yourself personally as well, is there kind of, do you want that success more and more or is there an added pressure? Is it a bit of both? Do you, do you think about that much? Um, I don't really think about it a whole lot, to be honest. Um, I suppose the more you're thinking about winning, the more you're kind of bringing in that sense of fear and the fear of losing, which in itself is a whole different story. Um, uh, so just I suppose as I said just focusing on the little things that are in front is, is the best way to do it and like you can only treat what's ahead of you and if the further you think into it I suppose the more sidetracked you get and yeah so just going at what's in front of us is the best that we can do Um yeah and of course you're Kilkenny captain the manager is Brian Dowling going into his fourth year at the helm now won the All-Ireland last year that was his second All-Ireland title in three years which is a phenomenal achievement for any manager how important has he been for you on a personal level in terms of improving your camogie but also for yourself just personally I suppose Brian and the lads like they're a great management team uh, they're very understanding um, and as well we can have the crack with them so I think that's so important just to, to create that team dynamics and like you feel comfortable um, going training every day knowing that you have a supportive team behind you um, and it just it makes better for everyone that we're in that comfort zone that we're, that we're able to push each other and question each other as well which I suppose is good it works both ways and when we talk about management teams, I suppose, from a player's point of view, the amount of opportunities he affords younger players like yourself, how important is that for maybe players that are on the fringes of the starting 15, knowing that they have a chance to get in? And does that drive standards, not just in training, but in matches also? Oh, definitely. Like I said there, once you cross that white line, there's there's no difference between number two or number 22. Like, you know, everyone's there for their place and everyone's there to push each other on. And... Like I think that's that's so important as our like for our team going forward into the championship. Like if you're not put under pressure, how are you going to deal with it when it comes to a match? So I think it's just it's great now we've had we have a few like young girls I suppose like myself um, <laughs> trying to push in there and it's what's needed really to keep things ticking over and keep challenging each other. And obviously the the goal at the start of the year as I've said now is to try and win all Ireland. Do you talk? a lot about trying to retain an All-Ireland because I suppose that's a different challenge in itself or is it just about taking a kind of one game as it comes? 
yeah, I suppose the big thing would really be to take it one day, one match as it comes. Um, you know, like it, the goal at the start of every year is to win the All Ireland, whether it be your first All Ireland or your third or your fifth. Like regardless, that's the main aim at the end of the day. But there is steps involved to get there, like and the hard work has to be has to be done now in order to to be in that position come August. So. And for yourself, Sinead, I know you're currently studying physiotherapy down in Limerick. Are you enjoying that? Yeah, no, I am. It's, it's a great course down there. And um, I know it's probably two hours drive and you'd feel it coming <laughs> Tuesday evening, coming home from training. Uh, but look, you know, it's grand. It's worked out well for me this year as well with placement and things. It kind of all fell that the workload wasn't as much as it would be maybe next year or the year after. So... Um, yeah, no, it's great. And I'm playing Camogie down there with UL as well in the Ashburn. So it's great to be able to be involved in both and put my focus into both as well this year. And just to kind of give our listeners a bit of an insight, when you're, say, away from home, you're obviously based in Limerick for a large portion of the week, but you're also involved with the Kilkenny senior team. I presume you maybe you're missing midweek trains or stuff like that. How does it work? Are you constantly in touch with the management team and dietitians, you know, coaches, or, or how does it exactly work between going down to Limerick and then coming back home? Yeah, well, we're lucky now the way it worked out. There's five of us down in Limerick, say, and I know it's much the same up for the girls in Dublin. There's a few of them up there, so we do share lifts, you know, take turns in driving every Tuesday, um, coming down for training. So it's it's our own responsibility to make training, but the lads, as I said, they're so understanding that if you were stressed or anything or, you know, had a big exam coming up, they're 100% understanding and that's okay. You don't have to make training, but just, I suppose, once you take the responsibility yourself to make up for any errors that you do miss, you know, by a gym session or just go to the ball wall or whatever. So, look, I'm glad that the girls were down there with me in Limerick this year. It made travelling so much easier, you know, because facing into the dark nights, coming back in the motorway isn't, isn't the easiest, but once you have the company, then it's great and it's it's great to be able to share things with each other as well coming up and down the car. And just to get your insight into something else that's a hot topic of discussion at the moment, considering you are still such a young player, the the talk of player burnout, not just in Camogie but in hurling Gaelic football and within the GA and Gaelic games generally, I mean you mentioned there playing Ashburn Cup, you successful with the club, playing with the Kenny Senior team, the under-22 club side. Do you ever feel burnt out? Is there ever too much kind of action for yourself? Or what's your opinion on that generally? I suppose it's, it's, it's a full-time job now really, Camogie, and you're going kind of all year round, especially with the club and the college and the county. But look, you're in it because you want to be in it and you want to win something and you want to get something out of it. So that's why you're going to do it. But um, I saw that there ever is times when you like you know it's it's it's, an, it's inevitable really that there is times you're like oh god this is a lot but you just kind of have to take a step back and realise okay what can I do what's the best thing for me to do here uh, is it maybe just go for a wall ball session instead of the gym do you know just just prioritise things over over what you think you should be doing and then the as I said the lads are there and they're great if you are struggling or even just reach out to any of the girls they're all great just to keep you on the right track and you know put put, put you back in your shoes I suppose and you're slightly older than under 20 but when we see it on the GA side of things the fact that an under 20 player in hurling or football can play for a senior side and an under 20 side within a 7 day period like for yourself would that be bemusing would you be frustrated with that if you were in that position um, I suppose I don't really have the experience in it and it's hard to know um, but I suppose like that you're kind of being torn from, from one thing to the next and I suppose mentally it probably can be a little bit tiring but if you just put put what you can do up in front of you and go from there I think it's it's the only thing you can do really like you know there is higher powers and whatnot. but I think communication is so important between managements and 
even just knowing yourself what you can and can't do is is important. And just finally, Sinead, before I let you go, to return to kind of the Kilkenny side of things, what are the main team goals this year and do you have any individual goals for 2023? Um, I suppose team goals, like obviously ultimately you want to be in Crow Park in August for the All-Ireland final. Um, but really now we're just kind of trying to work on our performance going forward and just try new things and different things and and really get the best out of each other and have no regrets come the end of the year because, you know, you don't want to be sitting at home watching the All-Ireland in August. You want to be there, you want to be part of it. So that's the big thing. And personally for myself, I suppose just similar, just work on my own performance, work on my, my strength, my commitment, everything, everything all in one, I suppose, just... Again, no regrets at the end of the year. Sinead O'Keefe, thanks ever so much for speaking to me on the show today and uh, best wishes for the year ahead. Thanks a million. How are you now? You're very welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, and I'm going to be joined on the line by a man who's very well astute to be sitting in the chair that I'm currently sitting in. You always respect the people that paves the way for you. From the world-famous, the world-famous Irish Rally Podcast, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Kevin Regan. Kevin, how are you, sir? What an intro. Sounds like Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on that all week. <laughs> I don't know about paving the way. I think it gets gradually better. Uh, doesn't it each time next person comes in so uh, yeah man uh, great to be back on chatting to you here and hope all as well oh it's it's fantastic I was delighted to get your message there during the week and talk you're not you're not someone that shies away from the mic either and that can be seen in the various different podcasts that you're doing and the podcasts are it, it, it can kind of be somewhat niche to certain people but it's after absolutely blowing up the Irish Rally podcast just constantly hitting the top of the charts not just in Ireland but all around the world you must be incredibly proud of that yeah look I mean I suppose the the whole point of starting the Irish Rally podcast was because it was so niche and um, you know it's often difficult I suppose to see the sport getting its fair slice of the pie in national mainstream media we'll say I think the locals are quite good to be honest Shane so whenever there's a rally around maybe Carlo yourselves are very good uh, whether if it's Donegal Highland Radio are very good whether it's Kerry Radio Kerry that's that's never been really an issue but I, I do feel being honest about with that maybe in terms of national recognition considering the popularity of the sport the numbers that are involved in it uh, the amount of money that it brings to the economy whenever it's on in any given area uh, I mean you're talking if you go back to maybe the late 80s and uh, early 90s and stuff like there was a time when the circuit of Ireland had daily coverage uh, and it was a three or four event actually it was a five day event at one stage and now we don't always have a television program and look it's I suppose it's kind of born out of that and when you see I suppose the figures that I'm fortunate enough to have um, you, you can see how popular it actually is like so look rally people are a very particular kind of people they're a very tight knit community I suppose and they're always very grateful when an opportunity does come to, I suppose, you know, provide their opinion, have their say, and have their sport promoted. Um, it's as popular as any sport in the country in terms of what it means to them, I will say. Like, the figures-wise, they don't obviously stand up to a GEA or a rugby or a soccer. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean it's any less important. Um, and I suppose that's that's the whole y'all of it. It's... You know, it's a sport that won't be for everyone, but not every sport is for everyone anyway. But I guarantee you, you'll find by a couple of degrees of separation, someone who will have known about the Circuit of Ireland, will have seen it on the telly, 
uh, would have gone to a rally at some stage. And I suppose to maybe make it perfectly clear to people, like when we talk about rallying, we're not talking about the boys that go around their twin camps and skylines and, and do rings. Like that's not rallying in any way whatsoever. But unfortunately, um, you know that perception seems to be attached to it. Uh, yes, a lot of them will maybe go to a rally, but you'll find a lot of money before going to a stage. And it's just, I suppose, to, to make that clear to people that, you know, it's a controlled sport in a controlled environment. The, the stages are closed off, and it's it's very competitive. It's very safe. And, you know, unfortunately, um, we lost our our biggest shining light recently with with, uh, with Craig Breen. And while I'm on the air, obviously, to pass on the condolences again to um, the Breen family. But it's... It's, I suppose, when something like that happens, it's the exception rather than the rule. The cars are so safe now, Shane, that something has to go horribly wrong in order for something like that to happen. So it's a very popular sport, and we've lots of great people on our doorstep doing great things, Shane. And to touch upon that in a second, but I just want to go back to what you said about Craig Breen as well, because at the start I, I mentioned it was a, a somewhat of a, a niche podcast to have, but seeing the outpouring of grief after Craig's passing just kind of goes to show that the impact that a sports star no matter what they're participating in has on the locality and on a national level as well just seeing an Irish person excel to the degree that Craig was able to excel and then people showing their respects after whether it be at the the funeral or on any type of local media it must have been although heartbreaking for someone like yourself who's involved in the community it must have somewhat just raised a smile to know how much he impacted other people absolutely and I think during that time someone famously said um, he drove like them but he talked like us so <laughs> he was at like you know the elite level like the, the highest level of all time and I've no doubt that you know at some stage this year he looked he looked fairly good to win his, uh, his first WRC rally. I mean, he was second in, in Sweden a couple of months back. And, you know, he had a tough season last year. Um, there's no doubt about that. And came back to Hyundai this year with limited enough sea time and was right on the pace, very unlucky not to win the rally. And what he did was he opened up so many doors to so many drivers that are already doing great things. So just say in Sweden, in the Junior World Rally Championship section, William Creighton, as part of the Motorsport Ireland Academy, actually won Rally Sweden. And obviously recently in Croatia, which was a very poignant event considering what had happened for Craig, um, Eamon Kelly, another Irishman, won the Junior World Rally Championship section. So that's literally the effect, I suppose, that, that, he's, that he's had, that he's paved the way. And now we have people who have seen that route, who want to go down it. Motorsport Ireland have put a platform in place for people to get there. And literally all over the world... Um, Craig Breen was known and was very popular all over the world when, when Rally Croatia came out a couple of weeks ago there was Irish flags everywhere they weren't always Irish people there was mm. Polish people with them, there was Croatians with them he resonated with so many people he was just a great character and another very funny thing that, uh, that you know I suppose got, that got told during the, the sad event was on a couple of WRC events in between stages he actually took the World Rally car the actual World Rally car through a McDonald's drive-thru to get Lucas <laughs> so that's the type of guy you're, you're talking about he came back in 2019 to Ireland did the Irish Tarmac Championship when you know things probably weren't going so well and the guys here you know he was at he was at his wits end to try and beat them and you know there was occasions there like he, he never forgot his roots absolutely never ever forgot his roots and um, you know his 
what he has done will carry weight for a long, long time because he's the first Irish driver to, you know, place on a podium at the WRC event. And Shane, I sat where you were uh, that day in 2010 when he came third in Finland. And he'd been through the rigor, obviously. He lost his co-driver four years previous. And the stage end interview that he did with the TV, you know, the man the man was in bits, like, you know. And this was, I think, I think Paul Dyle and myself were there that day. And couldn't believe that he was on the other end of the phone literally within an hour after that happening. And the sad thing was, I would say we were possibly the only radio station at the time that maybe made content with him. Because I know a news talk picked up on the story afterwards and maybe took some of the content that we had done. But this is this is something that I would like to get out there as a message. Um, you know, nationally, we're very quick to pick up on stories like this when there's a tragedy and rallying. But it's kind of sad that maybe on any given week when there's a tournament championship round in particular, that if we got 15 to 20% of the coverage, I suppose, as a sport, um, that it gets when something sad like that happens. It would be in a much much healthier space and again I mean that on a national level the locals are very good I, I don't mean that in any way towards cases or any local station but that's kind of what we're looking for is just that slice of the pie and if we were to do any sort of a tribute or a testimony to the memory of Craig Breen and Manus Kelly before that and all the other great drivers it would be to literally give that slice of the pie week in week out and I think that would be the best possible way that we could honour those guys you know and it's, it's great that you're also shining the light on it. And it has to be said, I know you're not in the national media sphere, but the great thing about the podcast that you're producing, it does have a national audience. I, I want to go back to the just co-driver thing before we get on to the great local stories. Uh, James Fulton, is there any information in regards to his return, just for people to know that he was uh, Craig's co-driver within the accident? Is there any kind of information coming out in regards to James? Yeah, there is. There's some great news, to be honest with you, Shane, over the past couple of days in relation to James, because um, Chris Meek, who is from the north of Ireland, actually took up Craig Breen's... Um, he was doing the Portuguese rally programme as well this year for extra seat time. And he has actually taken on that programme um, and won the rally in Portugal there last week. But the actual WRC event in Portugal is coming up soon. And Chris is doing that in WRC2 category. And James Fulton is actually sitting with him, which is... I mean, I, I just couldn't speak high enough. How how difficult that must have been for him um, to go through that experience, which is a horrible one for anyone. And in a matter of weeks later, to literally say, right, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go back into the car with another elite driver, and that's where his headspace was. He he knew that that's what Craig would have wanted. But I can't really overemphasize enough how difficult something like that will be to do talk about mental strength and, and, and courage and bravery like some guys mightn't step into a car again after something like that and this guy's coming in a weeks later and sitting in beside Chris Meek um, and he wants to he wants to honour his buddy like and I just think that is incredible it certainly is and and talking about bravery as well you highlighted a, a Carlo man Mr Ken Blanche uh, suffered two heart attacks you were saying to me last year and then just went on to great success at Rally of the Lakes yeah I mean and these are these are beautiful stories and uh, I suppose the one thing I would say with the Irish Rally podcast and rallying in general is that you know it's a it is a male dominated sport but there's an awful lot of um, lot, an awful lot of females doing some great things in it as well but the problem is Shane and you'll know this and I'd like to touch on it um, I think you've been down a similar road to myself in terms of maybe mental health and stuff like that us as men 
don't talk about feelings and stuff. And we don't open up. And to be honest with you, we're idiots for it. I'll put my hand up. We should speak out more um, about what's going on because things will only get better as the song goes <laughs> when, you, when you actually put it all out there. And I went down to Ken Blanche two weeks ago. You're talking about, you know, big, strong, you know, I'm not going to say rough and rugged, but I wouldn't mess with him. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> and he's there, and he literally put it all out on the table about what he went through, what got him through it, um, not one but two heart attacks, uh, you know, the stuff that was going through his head at the time in order to try and keep himself alive. Like, I've got to fight for my two daughters. And it was just so refreshing to see someone of that stature, I suppose, literally just being so honest about everything. And, and yeah, look, it's it's a mad story. A few weeks later, literally just a few weeks later, he was um, was on about competing up in Donegal. Unfortunately, the event didn't go ahead due to the uh, the sad events of um, the crease of disaster. But within a couple of months, he's back in a rally car and literally last weekend, alongside Gavin Shield, um, won the class down in uh, Clark Rally to Lakes, which is just unbelievable stuff. Um, Ken will be very well known in GA circles as well. Uh, he was physio to Carol Orders once upon a time and when you hear stuff like that it's it's just yeah it's a mad story I suppose and he's a great guy and you know he's again setting the right example for people to, to come out and just be open and honest uh, Eugene Donnelly was with us recently as well I might add a five time tarmac champion well known up and down the country and indeed across Europe as well and he he spoke to us very very honestly and candidly and put it out there and again the only people that said fair play to him for being honest and you'd hope maybe in time that look not everyone wants to open up that's their own business personal feelings are personal feelings and stuff but don't be afraid to do it and usually he wasn't afraid to do it and he's been lauded for it now and if you could make that more normalised I think we'd really be on a winner um, to, be, to be quite honest with you but look going back to the local representation then with the Rally of the Lakes because I don't want to be taking up the whole afternoon on you <laughs> I don't want to stop talking that's why we're going to start talking uh, Chelsea now in a minute but go on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Endo O'Brien Shane came fourth at the Rally of the Lakes right Endo O'Brien is the complete opposite to me and you you wouldn't get a word out he hates the thoughts of going there microphone and um, he is best known for his Mark 2 exploits but he's transitioned to uh, a Volkswagen Polo R5 four wheel drive car and he came fourth overall rally the Lex. That was a serious result for him as well. Eddie Doherty, another Kenny man, um, seventh overall, second in class. Uh, Joe Connolly, who we'll know very well, obviously, in this neck of the woods, along with Richard, 35th. And, yeah, I mean, this is this is just one given weekend, but every weekend there's just local competitors up and down the country doing fantastic things. Next up is Tipperary Forestry Rally on the 14th of May. And then a couple of weeks after that, you've got Cavan, and then Donegal is not too far away either, and Port Leash and the June by Holiday weekend. So, yeah, look, the phone never stops, Shane. It certainly sounds like it. And what, I just want to pick up on something that you said there in regards to, to opening up and stuff. And people are always um, champion, say, I, I love the, the GEA Social podcast uh, on BBC Radio Ulster. And I listen to various different soccer podcasts and various different sports representatives opening it all up. And it's, it's, it's captivating. And it's captivating either if you like the sport or even if you don't like the sport. And you can champion someone being so open and honest when that happens. But there's these little stories within every crevice of our community regardless of what sport that you're interested in people like Ken Blanche's story is no doubt going to resonate with people when he starts opening up like that and it's a great message that you're sending out there when you're talking about that kind of thing yeah and so look it's 
it's for it's for the right reasons as well. It's like you know you open up about these things to make it a little bit easier on the next person. It's not like oh look at me I'm a right lad I'm opening up because of difficulties and I want to get attention for it. No, I don't. I actually just want to help the next person. We'll say, um, and I know maybe you'll be of similar sentiment, and that's what Ken was doing. Maybe as well by being so honest about about different things up and down. Um, like that's that for me is a natural kind of way of being. Just sure what what's there to hide? Like what about it? I mean. If you broke your leg, you'd go to a physio to try to get back right. Uh, if there's something wrong between the two ears, go talk about it. You know what I mean? There's there's some great supports out there. I mean, this is very timely, obviously, with darkness into light after happening in the past 24 hours as well. But it's just a key message for men in particular, and it's not exclusive to men. You know, women struggle. Women struggle to, to open up as well. But I think men just have... We still need to shape that kind of macho, you know, alpha male type thing and park it to one side and literally just say what's on our minds and then you know things get a little bit easier after that like it's a great message there Kevin I could have talked to you all day and I did have a bit of chat about the Chalchin but before I get into that very quickly the Irish Rally podcast you can get it anywhere you, you, you do your podcast listening or watch it on YouTube either yeah that's right it's on YouTube Apple and Spotify and, yeah, and just before we part that look there's been two other bereavements that I'd just like to mention as well um, over the past couple of days uh, Dickie Curran is one and Sarah Purcell down in um, Sleeve Rue as well who was a fantastic competitor sadly lost her lives in, in the past couple of days so I'd just like to pass on the, the deepest sympathies there you know yeah certainly uh, thanks Kevin for having a chat with us uh, before we end up going when we're looking ahead at the Charlton Cup and of course the Joe McDonough Cup seems to be two different type of atmospheres in relation to the two sports within the counties Carlo putting on two epic games against Kerry and Leash on the hurling side of things didn't have the best championship or, or, or league run uh, I should say on the football side of things where do you fall on either side are you quite hopeful for the hurlers in the Joe Mack and then the Chalchin Cup considering last year went a bit alright in that are you hopeful this uh, this coming championship yeah, well, sure, I suppose looking at it fairly objectively, like um, our hurlers have always given us great bang for buck over the years, and um, our footballers have given us some great days as well. Um, yeah, look, there can't be any hiccups tomorrow. That they have to be down, plain and simple. And you know, looking at the the table or whatever, things are things are very tight there. And awfully, awfully have Kerry tomorrow um, as well. So. A lot is going to happen, obviously, in the next 24 hours. Leash and Calair, I think, is actually underway as we speak. And I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. I think, regardless of what happens, like Tom Mullally probably would have had a fair deal of criticism thrown at him at the start of the year whenever things weren't going great in the league. And, you know, he took the hardline approach. And guys had to fight to get back in. And now those guys are there. And we look like a different side altogether. I mean... The performance against Leash was great. Um, the game was definitely there for the take. We came, we were six points down twice and came yeah. back. It was incredible character, you know. And yeah, I mean, I think we have a, a great chance to be honest with you. But we can't afford any hiccups and, and going to Ballycran. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, as, as our good friend Stephen Barbrick said one time. It's like Galatasaray stuff. Uh, it's not, it's not <laughs> easy to get results. I'm just you hoping know? our microphones will work up there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a challenge too, of course. That is a big <laughs> challenge as well. Um, I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely it definitely is a tricky one. I think they'll get over it. Footballers, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Talton Cup, it's it's a funny one in terms of format. I mean, 
I don't know if I'm overly comfortable with New York coming in at primary quarter final stage when you know there's three group games beforehand. Um, I don't think they have any they would have any complaints with coming into a group. Actually, I said I'd love the games, but that's just the way it is. Um, it is a bit unusual to have to go down Dockram again for a game, I suppose, considering your last game was against the same opposition in the same venue. But look, them's the breaks, the fella said. Um, we're going to be up against it. It's, I suppose, we've had better times in terms of Carlo football. I hope things will turn in our favour. Are we capable of a result down there against them? Yeah, I mean, we saw it pretty good in the first half. But it's just the thing I find with Carlo that are going to have to learn in terms of the footballers now is when things start to go against them in a the period of the game, to just hang in there um, and not get overrun and maybe not drop the head. I think if that turns a little bit, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? Of course we can get a result. But getting out of the group will be difficult, no doubt. Kevin, it's always a pleasure getting to talk to you here on KCLR. I'm getting caught with time now, but I could have talked to you all day. Thanks very much for filling us in on what's happening on the Irish Rally podcast. You can get that anywhere that you do your podcast listening as well. And the Left Wing Back podcast as well, no doubt going to be making a, 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 a triumphant return quite soon. Absolutely. Shane, thanks a million. Really appreciate it. Great to Kevin absolute pleasure Kevin Regan there ladies and gentlemen as I stated from the Irish Rally podcast some amazing local stories and national stories that you mightn't get to hear about within the national media but you'll certainly hear about it in the Irish Rally podcast with people like Ken Blanche with people like Endo O'Brien and Eddie Doherty and Gavin Shields just brilliant brilliant to get to hear what's happening on a lot Obviously, we've done the white collar stuff, but yeah, it's the first one. Um, <coughs> we're part of a, a All Ireland kickboxing league that's set up by David Belashka. It's called Fighting Spirit. So, regardless of what organisation you're affiliated to, if you want to fight, you can fight. So, it's just about getting rebuilding kickboxing as a whole across the country. Um, when you're talking about it, it's your first event since coming out. Obviously, you're referring to the pandemic. Uh, that was quite detrimental to all different clubs in various different disciplines. Uh, do you have the, um, the, the the want of your fighters there? Is there an appetite for it? Oh yeah, there definitely is. There, we're they're slowly but surely coming back. Like there's certain clubs that haven't had luxury reopening since COVID. Um, we've had a couple, well, three people joining from different clubs. So the want is definitely there. All right, but. Um, we don't have the luxury of being back in like the GA or the soccer do the FAI so it's very much uh, self-funded thing and we're not for profit as well so anything we get is goes ploughed back into the club and running these events and one of the men who is a bastion of all things martial art and kickboxing the hitman himself Mr. Rondale how are you sir? I'm not so bad good you're training all these fighters now up and coming to do what you managed to do a few years ago I won't say many years ago but a few yeah, years ago hopefully better ah look look the lads in the gym have surpassed that and we've done let's be honest uh, what do you have then coming up do you have any fighters on the night yeah we have well we got injury plague this time but we have about five or six I think and then we have a couple of juniors starting it off so yeah look it's we're building next show we'll have a full Kilkenny card please God but this time we have a mix we have clubs from Dublin we have Waterford we have Port Leash we have Wexford you know we have a good few June 10th we have a few of them travelling to Scotland to fight be their first internationals we'll see how that works and then right through the summer we're in a position where look the club is well known we have plenty of offers September we have another big show in Kilkenny and that's gearing up towards bringing the guys to the World Championships in Munich in Germany in October so that's the plan now till the end of the year really just keep them busy so it sounds like you have some top quality fighters I have some great I tell you we run four kids classes a week 
I don't get to see all the kids' classes. We ran a kids' show last week and credit to the lads training them. Fantastic. There's a couple of young ladies there in particular. Very, very, very good. Great potential in them. And when you're saying kids, what, what age group are we talking about? Oh, they were fighting last week from six years of age, was it? Five to 15. Was Five up to 15, yeah. But then talk, we'd say you're talking roughly to 10-year-olds, 10 to 12-year-olds, 12, 12 to 15s. That's the competitive kind of side of it, yeah, isn't it? some of them are, the potential is massive inside them. And Barry, as a promoter yourself, um, who's the main event? Do you have a main event as of yet? Um, Adam Dyle is going to be the main event. Uh, purely because of the amount of work he puts in in the gym. If Owen is not able to run the classes, Adam is stepping up doing it. He's also running two kids' classes a week. He runs uh, ladies' classes as well. So I think he's kind of... He's earned, he's, he's earned it because yeah. <laughs> it's fairly labour intensive because a lot of people that taking up kickboxing not only are they trying to better themselves but as you so really mentioned he's taking different classes he's trying to do it for the betterment of kickboxing within the county and then within the county within the nation because you're talking about the world championships coming up where people could be representing the club and Ireland as well so that's quite commendable yeah no he's there five nights a week and that's straight after work if one of the other coaches takes in the other kids class then he's they can't make for whatever reason Adam would say I finished work at 6 I can be there but I'll be a bit late like he's mm. always the first one to fill in as well like so it's only fair he gets it very versatile young man <laughs> yeah. uh, do you know his opponent then Owen? yeah we do he's um, he's a, well I don't particularly know him as such but I know his coach so yeah it's going to be a bit of a barren stormer so are you good do you have a, like particular tactical styles now that you're going to be because it, it, when you're say watching boxing on, on the telly or anything like everyone knows their different styles but when you're coming into a, a kickboxing event like this you're just probably going to have to do what you do best as opposed well, we to work, we just work to our strengths and, yeah. and look the idea then is just to try what your weakest at is trying build on that but we work to your strengths what you're good at and every fighter is an individual there's none of them fight the same they're polar opposites you'll have one lad might be able to do a bit of everything we have a chap there Morgan McEnroe Morgan's brilliant very good fighter but as soon as he gets in close it's all hands and he's he, lethal <laughs> Adam Adam could kick a tokens off your nose do you know what I mean mm. you think you're gone away from the next no his foot is in your face and again but Adam can stand toe to toe with you too and Adam and Morgan have been training with me since they're five years of age they're 22 now mm. they're just they're just brilliant kids like you know? 17 years that's madness and they're young men well they're, they're both black belts now and again and, uh, right just 22 and Morgan's a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well Oof. Uh, do you find that you compete a lot with the mixed martial arts now that you mentioned jiu-jitsu as well no so Miles Bryce is next door to us yeah we, buy, we work off each other there's guys that are training with us that are in doing wrestling at Miles like so there's it's a big lads, crossover yeah and if Miles lads want to spar to just come in and jump in and we have a ring if Miles is want to do a bit of sparring with his own lads he just comes in and uses the ring you mentioned five or six fighters that you're going to have on the card now next week from the club who are they? Uh, Eamon Byrne uh, we have Sean Bergen um, Adam Dyle Connor Hayes Connor Hayes uh, there's going to be hopefully three younger girls um, Sean Rowe was meant to be on it he got injured unfortunately he would have been a, a huge draw um, Owen Ford is mammy won't let him fight he's doing his leaving cert <laughs> yeah but Owen was uh, fought over in uh, Lincoln in November for a Four Nations title and he 
last on points unfortunately uh, but again he'll be one that will be serious push on him like because he's only 18, only gone 18 and he's trained with all the lads nearly as long as Owen or Adam and Morgan is it Kilkenny versus basically the rest of Ireland or are you going to have, have a couple we'll have a couple of you'll have clubs like oh I've fancied that fight with that club mm. alright we're at a competition ok we'll put that on our show and down to come and look it's 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 like the guy Barry's talking about David Belashka he ran a show last week and he had 36 clubs looking to get on the card mm. like that's you know from pre-pandemic and now he has like 36 clubs looking for fighters and what happened is is when we lost fighters David just said oh here contact Barry contact Owen it's easier contact Barry I'm in a truck all day so basically I just say give Barry a ring give Barry a ring um, so I do nothing anymore you know what I, mean? I just sit back and smile you let Adam take the train and Adam will do the train and then Barry will do all the donkey work and I'll smile at the end and then the hitman comes in when something needs to be <laughs> yeah, done um, the uh, suit and tie on <laughs> uh, Barry uh, where's it all going ahead then what's uh, so we're looking off to have the, the Armand Hotel uh, they offered it to us because um, it's a, a fundraiser again obviously well it's partly for the club and to get the lads to the world champs as well so Morgan used to work there so they know him very well so they were uh, very generous in sponsoring the place for us as well and when's it happening next Friday isn't it uh, next Sunday next Sunday May the 14th yeah. so you're expecting a big crowd for it it's limited capacity so um, we're going to some of the boys have a lot of tickets sold already then we're going to have to contact all the other travelling clubs to see how many they want and then it's going to be first come first serve for the rest of them yeah sounds exciting you have all your ring music and everything lined out Oh, I worry about that that's, yeah. that's a well, minor that, problem yeah well, that's what Barry does Barry that's what the promoter that no, no. Barry will start that journey. I heard there's pyro and everything <laughs> going to be yeah. had no we normally have Eddie Latty is doing it again for us um, he does all the white collar stuff for us as well we asked him to do this he said yeah he'd do it and he'd sponsor he said he'd do it for free so the money that we were going to pay him to put back into the run of the show again which he never ever takes money off his like no, and it does all the printing for us as well like so that's it so like you think about his young fella with a young family and that's his Sunday afternoon giving back like and you know it doesn't go unappreciated like there is it's Barry has a young family look mine are all growing up well the youngest one but she don't want that to do <laughs> she's 14 but um, no it is it, 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 it does it takes a lot off um, you know what the lads do and what people don't see then is is like either my phone is going all day when it's going all day then I'm sending like messages on whatsapp and Barry straight away this has look need to get this need to get that done obviously I'm limited to when I'm stopped to what I can send them mm. so then it transfers into the evening time very need to do this can I do I'll, and we, we we split the calls like I'll do these five you do that five at night can't pick up in fairness to Barry he does he picks up the lot and of course his wife Emma's behind it as well like she looks after things and she'll tell us well basically she puts the the reins on I'd run off I'd spend every penny <laughs> not an issue I'd buy lights I'd have tigers jugglers the whole lot I'd have everything Emma would be like nope there's your limit that's what you're doing but you need somebody like that yeah and uh, in, in terms of the world championships then looking ahead to that how many contenders do you have uh, well that's that's nationwide so far at the minute we have 35 competitors travelling but that's going every week there's someone contacting me can you send me the details send me the details so look if we ended up with a team of I think the best I brought was 28 we've surpassed that now so 
you know, and then obviously you'll have coaches from other clubs and parents. So you're probably at the minute talking 50 people are travelling at the minute. And now with Kilkenny, I think we have we have six are going, and then there's potential for others. Like I said, there there's a couple of boys in the background or oh, I might come back, I might endure. Uh, the, the lads that you're talking about sound quite elite. Lads and ladies that you're talking about sound like quite elite. So is this something that you have to be part of from a young age? Like, oh no! Look, it's it's like that, and it's yeah, you, you join it. Most most of them joined it just to get fit or mm. complement another sport, and then found out they were good at, it and just kind of drifted into it. Like going forward, hurled. He hurled for the the village. You know, he played soccer and stuff like that as a young lad in school and came over to get fit and now he just wants to fight full-time. That's all he wants to do. And that's why we're there. We try and get him as many opportunities as we can. And in fairness to Owen, Owen will fight Anyone. anybody. Anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Unless, it, well, he has to go home and ask Mammy first to call. <laughs> but I know, that's just a joke we have with him because of, obviously, his exams. And we've done this with, like, my own sons came to leave insert. You're not training. Yeah. Forget about it. Don't want to see you. Because it's important, you know what I mean? The sport will be there after, but their education is everything, so... So, Barry, once again, when's the fight night happening? Where can people get tickets? Uh, tickets, you can ask anyone affiliated with the club, fighters, coaches. Um, Golden Discs have offered to take some and sell them there as well, so if anyone's passing through there uh, during the week, they can get them in there off Katie Lanigan. Um, again, Katie is often... Uh, well, my, my wife was manager there. They sold all the tickets for as well for the white collar so it's good to see them continue to support us as well so it's next Sunday Armand Hotel uh, doors open about half three first five four o'clock and we're hoping to oh lovely during the day so yeah, yeah. nice we wrapped up for about eight isn't it yeah we have hopefully between I say between 15 and 20 fights because you can lose three fights in a day and which has been the case the last few weeks and obviously we were up judging in Nace there last week and anyone that was stopped on that one that was due to fight on our show can't due to medical suspension so um, all that is being adhered to as well so if a lad is not fit to fight he won't fight and obviously Owen is head of ISK Ireland and he'll guarantee that they won't uh, it's for everyone's best interest as well and all the coaches are aware of that um, the beauty of this fighting spirit is like David made it like I said any club regardless of who you're affiliated to can join it we're in a whatsapp group there with 35 other gyms from all across Ireland up to Derry down to Cork over to Ennis and it's it's great to see that everyone is jumping on board now and it's not uh, politics aren't really involved in it anymore about getting the sport back well yeah. kickboxing is returning in the event form on Sunday not this Sunday which is today next Sunday <laughs> see I told you I'm losing track of time 14th of May 4 o'clock on the 14th of May you can get tickets in Golden Discs or if you happen to know any of the fighters they can provide you with it gentlemen thank you very much for joining us thanks, thanks for there you have it ladies and gentlemen kickboxing returning to Kilkenny I'll be returning in just a few moments take a quick ad break don't go anywhere That's been Scoreline Extra. I've been Shane O'Keefe. You can tune into the show from 2 to 6 every Saturday and Sunday. Stay safe, stay sane, and remember, you're sound out. Mm-hmm.